In this week's episode of Love as a Business Strategy, we talk to the former managing director of culture at Southwest Airlines, Cheryl Huey. She shares some amazing stories and insights around the culture of love that permeates every facet of the business. It's an incredible conversation, and it was truly inspirational to see love as a business strategy operating at this scale. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. As you know, we're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm a director at Softway, which is a business to employee solutions company that creates products and offers services that help build resilience and high-performance company cultures. I am joined today by President and CEO of Softway, Mohammed Anwar. Hey, Mo, how's it going? It's going awesome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And Mohammed, you're like fidgeting your seat because we yes. have been eagerly anticipating this episode for quite some time. Are you excited? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we excited? Well, it's because of our guest. Today's guest built a 40-year career at an organization that we at Softway have been admiring and looking up to for a very long time, and that is Southwest Airlines. And not only that, before retirement, her last role at Southwest Airlines was the managing director of culture. And so I'm just blown away and excited to welcome Cheryl Huey to the show. As you can see, Cheryl, you're basically a celebrity to us already. So welcome, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you. It is such an honor. Just glad to be visiting with y'all today. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And we're going to dive right in because we're so, we have so much to ask you, so much to talk about. But we have a tradition where we do a quick icebreaker before we begin. Okay. And, as, and as, an, as a courtesy to you, I'll make Muhammad go first here. Okay. And thematically, Muhammad, the question is very simple. Window seat or aisle seat and why? A window seat any day. Um, I love to look out the window and admire the skies. I personally also... Uh, pursued my private pilot license and I love flying. So any moment I'm on a passenger plane, I'm at the window seat. I'm looking at what's happening with the wings. Uh, you know, are the flaps coming out? Um, you know, are the reverse thrusters going on with landing? Like I'm thinking, what is the pilot doing? What's happening? What's happening with the ailerons? Like I'm always observing those things and then trying to think about what's happening in the cockpit, what conversations are happening with the air tower control so i love sitting all right all right all right that's enough flexing of your pilot knowledge that's 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 plenty thank you cheryl same question this is coming from an expert okay window or aisle seat and why um probably the window and it doesn't take much movement y'all honestly for me to fall asleep so easily sometimes my husband says oh my god we didn't even get off the the taxi way and I'm asleep so my head nicely um, leaning on the window is very helpful at times and then when I want to look out the window I can absolutely I'm also window but mainly because I will knock my knees twenty times a flight at my height so with that out of the way I want to get into this and this is going to be odd because as much as we want to talk to you Cheryl I actually wanted to open with Mohammed. Because Mohammed, if you don't mind, I'd like you to first share for us the story about your visit to Southwest a few years back. Do you mind? Yeah, uh, not a problem. Um, so this was back in 2015, and it was in November of 2015, actually. Um, and just to set context, 2015 was a very difficult year for Softway, and uh, personally for me as a leader of the organization. And, um, you know, I was going through a lot of, you know, turmoil at the business. We were almost bankrupt and we had just laid off over 100 employees. um, And we did so in a very inhumane manner. And I was very guilty of that. And uh, we fortunately had this opportunity to go to Southwest Airlines to pitch for a project um, a month after the layoffs and where I was really introspecting the future of our organization. And as I was, Walking through the hallways of their headquarters, I came across this big sign that said servant leadership. 
And in that moment in time, I looked at the sign and I was like, what? I doesn't, I don't, I don't understand. How can you have servant and leadership on the same phrase? And, you know, my family's from India. So in India, we have huge divide in classism in society and the servants are at the lowest level of society and the leaders are at the highest level of society and servants are serving the leaders. So for me to see this term servant leadership just invoked uh, a huge amount of curiosity. And uh, I started to explore and do research uh, and learn more about Southwest Airlines story and servant leadership and how it played a huge role in their business. So much so that I, I was very inspired to go on the journey of servant leadership for myself and um, create a culture of love inside of our own walls. And that was such a big impact on me personally and our business that we not only ended up surviving through our, the crisis we were going through, but we ended up thriving and we ended up you know, bouncing back and tripling our revenues and increasing our profit margins and becoming a very successful business. And um, I attribute all of that to that visit to Southwest Airlines and encountering that sign of servant leadership. And it, it I, you know, I'm, I'm indebted, <laughs> to be honest, to Southwest Airlines to introducing me to that concept and allowing our organization that almost failed to succeed and survive and make a difference to the 200 employees that are still with us inside of our company. So that's my, that's my story. Yeah. And we wanted to open with that because if anyone's wondering, especially you, Cheryl, just to add context to why we're just so, you know, disproportionately excited to talk to you is because it, it, this, the story of Southwest Airlines, the being able to talk to you right now is going to be uh, something that, you know, really helps it connects for us personally, uh, our journey to be able to talk to you. So thank you again for being here with us. And and, and I want to make sure also that we give you a chance to now introduce yourself so you can we can jump right into it. So I know I gave the high level, but Cheryl, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and kind of what brought you here today. Well, um, as you mentioned, I've been with uh, Southwest uh, over 40 years. I just recently retired and um um, I had an unbelievable career. I, I started there right out of high school, honestly. I, I wanted to travel and see the world, and uh, there was a little airline called Southwest Airlines that was hiring at the time, and um, I, you know, was so fortunate to, to land there, and also fortunate because we had an organization that was so great at allowing you to try different things as long as you were uh, working hard and displaying uh, heart along the way, you, you could have just about any opportunity. So over the course of those 40 years, um, I just had an opportunity to do some amazing things. Working in the uh, reservation side is what we called it then, and then went into our ground operations. You know, I was right behind the counter, checking in our customers uh, uh, way in those early years. Um, then went on into our uh, training area uh, for leaders. We have an unbelievable manager and training program that's still uh, a, a great success story today. Uh, went on into onboarding because we had such a focus on bringing in new employees and what that first year experience looked like. And then really my final um, last uh, decade was in culture. And it's a department, I like to always say we had culture before culture was even cool because we had that term, we talked about that term in a very positive way for uh, almost 50 years. So uh, that role was just so... Um, so rewarding. And it was really a focus on how we recognize and acknowledge and value our employees. Um, well, we know that it's the right thing to do. And it's a, a, a beneficial to Southwest that we do that as well. So that's my story. And I've loved it. Loved it. I, I do miss it, even though I still stay connected. You can't have, you know, that many years, uh, you make a lot of wonderful friends. And uh, I will forever be a, a cheerleader for Southwest. Awesome. So Cheryl, I, I've been very curious. I, I have quite a few questions for you to help, help, help give us insights, but also like share with all, all of our listeners, you know, um, uh, some more stories around Southwest Airlines. So something that's really fascinated me is the heart, the logo that's on the belly of the plane. And, you know, I know it was unveiled uh, in 2014, I believe. I'd love to hear your perspective, like, 
why the heart? How did that come about? Uh, you know, how does it relate to your culture? Well, um, that's a great question. And uh, we couldn't have come up with any better brand or visual that really does align with what we stand for, number one. Um, you know, when we were uh, formed 50 years ago, um, there were um, remnants of the heart, uh, whether it was, you know, going into Love Field as our first home base, um, you know, Love as, a, as our stock exchange sign, uh, mm. to um, how we initially began to understand the value of treating each other with such unbelievable care and respect. So that word love was something we used very openly uh, that was in all of our commercials early on. Uh, in fact, I was privileged to be in an early commercial back in the early 80s called Loving You Is What We Do. And that was our um, you know, commitment to our customers and that was our commitment to our employees. So uh, the, the heart and um, the, um, the, 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 those values started to form. And we did have a lot of different uh, icons and brands that we were using that had a heart, not the one that you're seeing today, but it wasn't as prominent as we knew it needed to be. So when we looked at a brand refresh, um, we really discovered we weren't really elevating it to the level uh, that it needed to be and who we were at that time we had those red belly airplanes and that red belly was so easily seen from above and that was a commitment to our employees and our our customers of who we were and what we stood for so a lot of thought went into that so the one that kept coming forward was this beautiful heart uh something that was in our colors you know um and that was going to be very precious uh, and we wanted to be very thoughtful on how we used it and what we aligned it with. And the one thing we ended up doing um, when we rebuilt it, and it was for our employees, was to ensure that that heart was uh, uh, proudly displayed on the bottom of the aircraft, not on the side when you're boarding, even though there there is one there as well. But it was on the bottom of the aircraft so that it was in the air, the same as the Red Valley, that uh, our employees could proudly look up and say, that was Southwest Airlines. So uh, the heart means a lot. And uh, I think Gary Kelly says the only one else that could probably use it would be the Heart Association. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was amazing uh, in a very short period of time uh, when customers, you know, we did a lot of surveys to see, did they see and hear and think about Southwest when they saw that? And it grew rapidly because we demonstrate uh, all those values that align with what love and heart means. So that was kind of our journey. Now, our employees, when we did reveal it, even though they embraced it, it was so hard. Change is always hard. And uh, when you have that many thousands of employees who are so accustomed to a certain look, um, and plus we had it, our uniforms and all of our uh, various uh, visual elements um, were a little scattered. And we called it logo soup at the time. Hmm. Uh, so to really clear that up and uh, really uh, leverage what makes sense for Southwest, the heart became the most obvious. And now we, it, I can't imagine us not having anything else. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. Can we find still on the internet, this commercial that you're in? in <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's on that, but it was a, uh, it was an interesting, a, a customer's dreaming on board the aircraft and he's dreaming about, his experience in Southwest and I'm in the reservation scene. I'm in, in the clouds. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I got to, I'm going to Google this and we'll find out. Well, no, what's a shame is no, everybody goes, who are, who are you in this? And nobody recognizes me. I going, well, that's me right there. I haven't changed a bit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, so something else that um, I'm curious to hear about is how do you, uh, celebrate the employees or the, or the culture of, um, you know, putting people at the center and recognizing them and respecting them. Can you give some examples of how Southwest Airlines takes care of their employees from that aspect? Well, one thing um, we do extremely well and uh, are very proud of is that word celebration and party is something that's been in our soul from day one. Um, I know um, our uh, then CEO, uh, Herb Kelleher, in the very early years, 
uh, and calling Barrett, who was our, our president at the time, uh, or evolved to that, um, realized the importance of bringing employees together. And when you bring employees together, uh, that, you know, creates some really great energy, positive uh, and fun. And, you know, fun is certainly one of our, uh, certainly one of our values, which is somewhat unique in the business organization. Fun sometimes means not productive, but for Southwest fun, fun always meant being yourself uh, and creating a really comfortable environment. Um, but the, um, uh, now I'm getting off. Sorry, y'all. The question was, uh, uh, I was getting off on fun. No, no, no. It, it was about how, oh, how do you, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So we never, uh, we have many, many reasons. Uh, we find reasons to want to bring folks together. Uh, and just some examples of that in the airline industry. One thing that's very important, and I think it should be important in all, uh, industries is years of service. And when you reach some of those huge milestones, um, tens and twenties and thirties and forties. And now for Southwest 50, uh, we make a big deal with our employees and we ensure that their leaders make a big deal and thank them, uh, for their commitment and service, uh, to our, our wonderful organization. Uh, we also have annual events now, unfortunately with last year's, uh, 2020, um, uh, COVID some things were paused and that was very difficult for us because we have large events to bring folks together just to continue to build relationships, give an opportunity for our leaders to communicate and convey those goals and and uh, the mission and uh, everything that we have, you know, that may be challenging us and how we want to inspire our employees. So we come together on a very frequent place, uh, a basis on a large scale. And then in all of our departments, uh, there's continuous opportunities to celebrate milestones, whether it's department goals that have been reached, um, whether it's employees, um, and um, that's just something we do on a normal basis. Now, a lot of people ask, well, that's a lot of money to be spending. In fact, everybody was always curious of what my actual budget was in culture services. And uh, really, when you look across then what was 60,000 employees, that was just a small investment for such a big payoff on people really uh, enjoying being together and valuing the organization and understanding first hand what was clearly needed of you um, uh, as an employee and what you need to contribute. Very cool. So from the sense of uh, business, right, the business strategy and so forth, you know, I, I noticed that um, by doing research on Southwest Airlines that on the pyramid of importance, you put the your employees at the top and then the customers. Would you mind sharing with us what's the rationale for that and how does Southwest Airlines look at that? And it's it's quite unique in a in a corporate workplace environment. So I'd love to hear your perspective there. Well, obviously, your employees um, are what drive business, right? They are they are giving the customer service. They are coming up with those innovative ideas. They are delivering on what the promise is of your organization. It's the employees who make up what you stand for. So it only does make sense. And I'm so thankful that our leaders from day one realized that and understood the value of what are the needs of the employees. And if we provide and we nurture a very positive work environment, then in turn, they too will deliver that what's being modeled internally will be demonstrated externally. So if they are receiving the type of treatment um, that is that positive, then that's what you're going to receive as a customer. And then when you've got happy customers that want that repeat business, then you have uh, very happy shareholders and then very happy shareholders create very happy employees. So it's a wonderful cycle to be in and by putting your employees um, at the heart of it. Got it. That's, you know, I, I know that rational from a rational standpoint, you know, I think many organizations prioritize their shareholders to be at the top of the pyramid. So it's very uncommon to see organizations, especially if your size, you know, putting people at the top of the pyramid. Um, so that's been very uh, insightful. Go ahead, Jeff. I think, I think, you know, in our line of work, we work with a lot of skeptics, essentially, like mm -hmm. part of our job is, is converting skeptics. And that's one of the biggest sticking points is that people don't believe that culture can be a competitive advantage. 
in in business and well like i'm curious what would you say to those skeptics because we've said a lot and we've said things that have worked we've even used southwest as an example but what, what would you say to those skeptics um you know it's interesting of course i've only been in this organization so i don't know what i don't know sometimes you know because when you just live it and you've grown up in it for me when i've gone to visit others that don't have that understanding it's a bit mind boggling to me. I'm like, how could you not think that way or feel that way? Mm. Um, I remember an organization and they were a, a certain division of the IRS actually that came to visit us. And Muhammad, you mentioned earlier when you visit Southwest, we get a lot of organizations that come to mm. want to get our secret sauce, you know, mm. to your question on, on uh, will it make a difference? And, and we are always willing to share that. But what we usually receive in response is, oh, that's all it is, you know? <laughs> so this division of the IRS was wanting to improve on their customer service. They knew that they had an opportunity to make a bigger difference with those customers. And they were looking more for the processes and the policies. And when we really focus more on the treatment and the environment of the employee base, they just had to pause. And this is something we've gotten from many organizations that, Oh, they wanted more. They, they felt there, there was more to it than just the way you treat your employees. And uh, actually, they, they, uh, their eyes were a little bit, I think, more open uh, and understanding because we put a lot into that. There is a lot of commitment. And to your question, Mohammed, about, you know, uh, making sure you put your employees at the, at the center, that's not just words. There's a lot of actions that have to take place to put, to, to stand behind that. I mean, Southwest, a great example for 50 years has never furloughed or laid off any of our employees. And in the airline industry, I mean, in probably any industry, the amount of challenges that we have faced over the years that have really put that to a test. Uh, but that has been a commitment that we hope to always make. That's our commitment as long as we can. Uh, and that's, to me, again, putting our employees um, at the center. Uh, so I think the question, Jeff, is um, our history speaks to that. That's why it's hard for us not to understand when organizations don't get that or want to get that uh, because of our, our overall results. And again, I always like to say, even in the airline industry and early on, when customer service was not, was not something that you really experienced in, in, in flying, uh, when we brought that to life by the way we treated our employees, who then in turn took it upon themselves to take care of our customers in some of the most phenomenal ways because they know they can and they know they should uh, and they know it makes a difference. Um, and um, our profitability also now last year was our biggest hit. Uh, mm -hmm. We had proudly boasted uh, almost 49 of close to those 50 or, or 48, I guess. And um that one was was a hard pill to follow for uh, to swallow for us, but um, I think it's just our history and our uh, uh, the the facts around Southwest that that speak to uh, why we think it why why we think it makes a difference. Yeah, I I, I would like to talk a little bit about how Southwest Airlines handled this recent pandemic, which you know almost destroyed the aviation industry. It would like it was so devastating to the airline and transportation industry. Um, and, you know, all airlines face this, uh, but if you don't mind sharing with us, how did Southwest Airlines handle the pandemic uh, when it came to their employees? Uh, we'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yes. You know, one thing that I thought really made a huge difference, and when there's any, especially to the magnitude of this pandemic, the, one of the most important things is communication because there's fear um, and there's uncertainty and um, our employees were feeling all of those. And our CEO, uh, Gary Kelly, who is a phenomenal communicator anyway, but what he committed to do was have a very frequent um, uh, uh, Gary's Ask Gary uh, Live is what it is. He used mm -hmm. to do them um, uh, um, weekly pre-recorded. And then he would do them uh, throughout the years when we would have our Southwest rallies, which is a large gathering, uh, kind of a message to our employees. 
And what he ended up doing was he knew how important it was to get the right information out to calm everyone. So every week, uh, employees would submit questions and those questions would be uh, presented to Gary. They, he would record that in our studio there, the headquarters, and then that would be available uh, via our Swalife uh, internet for employees to stay uh, in touch. It was getting so many views and he was, you know, trying to answer the best he could, those tough questions that we were getting. Job security was definitely a fear through all of that. And so communication was a huge part of that. And then communication with our customers then obviously um, uh, spilled over from that as well. Uh, you know, our promise to our customers and what we were doing on board to help ease um, the fear. But internally, uh, Mohammed, it was saying as much as we could, as often as we could, so that it was clear. And sometimes in social media, it can get a little fuzzy and uh, misstated. And we wanted them to hear it straight from his mouth. And he was phenomenal. Awesome. Something else that I, 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 I looked through the financial reports um, of Southwest Airlines, um, as you mentioned earlier, like almost four decades or almost five decades, uh, you guys were profitable when many of the airlines were struggling mm -hmm. during those decades of operation. Southwest always posted a profit. Um, and this year, 2021, I think quarter one, you're one of the very few airlines have already uh, disclosed a net profit again. Is, like, well, what would you say, or, or you want to explain to that, please? Well, you know, um, uh, Herb was a genius in business um, and in all things. Uh, he was just full of charm and charisma. And um, one thing he did teach us from very early on is, to manage in the good times uh, because you're going to have uh, some hard times and we've had some hard times, but we have had a lot of good times and that's where Southwest really makes sure that we're doing what we need to do to protect ourselves when those hard times come. So our employees, we're always ingrained with cost savings, doing it smarter process improvement uh, that growth mindset that you speak about, always looking at how we can evolve and do things better. Now, we have a really great business model, and it's uh, we want to give our customers what they want. We want to provide a very low fare so that everyone has an opportunity to travel and see the world and make connections. And um, in, able to, in, in order to do that, we've got to keep our fares at a, at a, at a low. That's what we're about. We're a low fare carrier. But the only way you can have low fares is low cost. And the only way you can have low cost is ensuring that our employees get that and manage it the best uh, that we can uh, on an individual basis, uh, a team and department. We give um, all sorts of great recognition, acknowledgments when we do that. Uh, uh, we have an environment where employees are extremely comfortable coming forth with ways in which we could, you know, make that efficient uh, change or process improvement because we know ultimately if we can keep those costs down, uh, customers can afford to travel. And now that uh, travel's coming back, uh, we sustain through that. Our employees are backing up and running fully now. We did have some that were able to take off for a period of time. That was another way we were able to save during that period. Employ I, we've had so many challenges over the 50 years when employees really step up to that and give of themselves uh, because we know our organization is always there for us. So when we're able to do it back, um, we have so many that are willing to raise our hand to do that. Yeah, I, I was reading that even during the Gulf War when the oil prices yeah. went up, I believe uh, employees voluntarily gave up a percentage of their salaries to keep Southwest profitable. I mean, yes. that's unheard of. Like you don't hear uh, employees of organizations doing that. It was called uh, Fuel from the Heart, and uh, wow. employees yeah. felt passionate to make sure we were doing our part. Um, we were doing similar type things during COVID, whether it was, I'll take an extra week off of it, you know, and not, you know, that'd be an extra, everybody was given back time to, to give back uh, to the company. Um, during 9-11, uh, there was a, a lot of volunteerism taking place to help, and loaning our love is what we called it. Um, wow. We have a catastrophic fund that takes care of our employees. And there's so many times that we've 
had some wonderful initiatives that generate more funding so that our employees are, are taken care of. So that's just who we are. And um, we, we step up in times of need because our, our, our company has always been there for us as well. Awesome. Something else that I think you just shared um, is giving me a lot of things to think about. When you said that, you know, you're a low cost uh, fare, um, you know, airline company, um, I think many a times organizations don't get the employees involved in like the yeah. financial side of the business. It's usually like it's told to them what to do. Things are not uh, transparent. Things are hidden from them. They're not involved or included in, you know, business decisions. Um, and what I'm hearing is that your culture has also created an environment of transparency and ownership and inclusion where people are willing to come forward with the ideas to help with the bottom line of the business. Absolutely. You know, a, a few simple things. And I remember early on um, our she, uh, Colleen Barrett, who's our president mm -hmm. emeritus, um, uh, first uh, female president in the airline industry. And she helped to form up some wonderful customer service practices uh, across uh, Southwest Airlines. And I remember early on, Mohammed, when I was a, an early leader, a very new leader, and I, I knew that I had the opportunity to do special things for our customers and for our employees, but not to the degree that I fully understood. And I remember um, making a few decisions that didn't favor, go in favor of the customer. And um, I got a little note from Colleen. Hmm. And uh, the note was basically saying, um, you know, kind of redirecting me a little bit on really thinking about the situation, not the policy, because hmm. we get so stuck in policy, but think about the overall circumstance and situation to make sure you make the right decision. And uh, she, she ended up, there was uh, back then before we had email or internet we would get those letters, you know, yeah. and uh, we would get a letter kind of explaining about our role, not just as leaders, but employees, that we are able to come forward and create change and make a difference and um, make exceptions when needed to and look at the bigger picture and the, the entire scenario before we make some of those decisions. So I think that that's just a small example of how we were. Uh, encouraged to think outside and uh, not get stuck on just the, the the policy or the procedure. And then the ideas and thoughts that can be generated within your teams is amazing. Uh, we give out what we call kicktails. These kicktails are a way to thank or uh, acknowledge when a great idea has come forward or and has been put in place. Uh, we also have numerous awards that we have. Um, our employees do such phenomenal things on board in the departments that our customers are writing about it all the time. And so all that gold comes into us and we in turn share those great stories and acknowledge our employees and then highlight those stories, ideas that they did, uh, feats of heroism, acts of kindness, great customer service, you name it. Uh, they're doing phenomenal things that are making a difference. And we don't sit on that. We, uh, we do everything we can to share it with them, share it with their leaders, and then share it across the organization because we feel like if someone sees a great idea, that may generate them to think of a similar idea or even to realize, oh, that's something I could do or I could be thinking about it. Very cool. I'm going to take it a little bit to another perspective and how culture has helped you all. So first of all, aviation industry is heavy on high reliability. It requires yes. safety to the highest standards, um, you know, because, you know, the, the ramifications of an unsafe act could result in loss of life and accidents and so forth. So most organizations that are very high reliable um, are inundated with process, process, control, control, and structure to avoid, you know, errors. How do you see Southwest Airlines culture um, helping with that? Because it seems kind of counterintuitive. For example, you, you guys have this fun-loving mission that employees must uh, act with. And, you know, being fun and being serious and safe seems like they're polar opposites. 
So how does your organization balance that? And how is that, what, what have you seen or witnessed in terms of that, those standards? Well, you know, we do like to say we uh, don't take ourselves seriously, but we are very serious about what we do. Hmm. And I think those are two very different things. Um, I think that when you have an environment uh, and Southwest certainly is committed to safety and reliability. Uh, we have the best on-time performance, um, uh, unbelievable safety records. So it certainly shows that we are serious about what we do. Now, again, we don't take ourselves seriously in the way we deliver in our, in our, to each other in our customer service, but uh, we want to get it right. Um, I, I, I think that um, our overall training is phenomenal. Employees deserve that. Uh, they they need that. They thrive on that. So, you know, from our operational training to our leadership training, ensure that we are up and running and feel good about out delivering on our commitment to our customers. Um, uh, when you talk about the fun, I think when teams are comfortable and also that transparency and feeling good about being yourself, you want to make sure that you're addressing things that could get in the way. And unless you're comfortable and are able to have great relationships and not feel like you're going to get hit on the head or, or chastised, then you're kind of limiting yourself. But if it's an environment where there's trust, then people will come forward and ensure, you know what, that particular process right there might need to look differently or, or admitting to mistakes so we don't continue that same mistake, knowing that. It, it's not going to get you in trouble. Now we may need to redirect. Um, and those things happen all the time uh, and not to the level of a safety issue, but making sure that we are challenging ourselves and have a safe environment where employees can speak up uh, so that we can make it better. So I hope that, I hope that answered your yeah. question on that. Awesome. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think the, uh, the lessons that we are seeing come out of culture and um, lessons for other high reliability organizations. Number one, I think every other industry looks to the aviation industry as one of the most highly reliable industries on the planet because of the number of passengers you transport the, the to the ratio of incidences or accidents, right? Yes. It's, it's phenomenal. And so many industries, including healthcare organizations that are trying to be um, high reliable organizations where they do have incidences and accidents that can occur in, in, a, in a hospital environment where there is loss of life or harm uh, are looking to the airline industry for inspiration to build their systems to be just as high reliable. I know there's data out there that shows that, um, you know, there are in the United States alone, there are almost 250,000 deaths that could have been avoided. Uh, from our healthcare systems. Um, and I'll, I'll put this in context to aviation. That's like a 737 crashing every five and a half hours. Right. And, and so when you look at that comparison, it's mind boggling that, okay, we, there's an opportunity to create safe and, you know, zero harm environments, but you could do so by allowing people to be human, let them yes. be themselves, let them bring their full self to work so they can find opportunities to report the near misses, the near incidences, um, the issues with the processes or the systems that if they were afraid to speak up, probably would never get addressed, could result in an incident. And uh, what I'm learning from the Southwest model is when you create an environment where people feel trusted, can bring their full self, even if there are issues and problems, instead of withholding or hiding that information, they will report it voluntarily, leading to better um, transformation of those processes or systems to make it more highly reliable. And so I, you know, I've, I've always tried to find the connection to culture and high reliability. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Southwest Airlines is a classic example of how that can exist. You know, Mohammed, when uh, both situations, even after 9-11 and somewhat with the pandemic, our customers were telling us, you know, they enjoy that uh, 
easy, light hearted humor on board our aircraft, even in some tense times, Mm -hmm. because it created some calmness. Uh, You know, there's, there's some that are more fearful about traveling than others, especially when you've, you know, gone through those type of, of, of situations, but they were the ones telling us we want Southwest back because it makes us feel more human and it makes it feel more real and it makes it feel more caring. Uh, to ease whatever situation it is. And by allowing our employees to do just what you said, be their own selves, because some people are saying, well, do you train your flight attendants to tell jokes? Do you train your flight attendants to sing? How do you train your flight attendants to create those funny things they do with your, you know, your onboard services? If there is no training for that, that's employees coming forward and bringing whatever gift or strength or talent they have and making a situation better. And mm-hmm. our, our flight crews and, and all do some amazing things out of just what they're good at. And they know they'll be praised and they know they'll get good response as a result of it. Yes, totally. I, I can totally relate to the, you know, the safety um, message yeah. that, the, uh, that they do right before takeoff and yeah. stuff. Some yeah. of the most viral uh, videos have been from Southwest Airlines, right? Like the, the attendants bring singing a rap song or doing it in a way that's entertaining but data has proven that those kind of safety related information actually garner better attention and retention from the passengers which is again a high reliability trait so by bringing yourself and bringing your talents and skills you now have created a more safe environment for your passengers in the plane but not only that now Every other airline that I go into have tried to create their funny versions of their videos of like, they have these videos that are like, you know, comedic in nature yes. to try and keep the attention. Yes. But I've, we've seen it live in Southwest Airlines, even <laughs> before all of these videos came out. Yeah. So. You, you can't, you can't try to create it. It has to just happen organically. And you can't ask people to be a certain way. You've just got to allow them to be the way that they are. And that that's that's what we encourage. That, that makes me wonder. That makes me wonder, Cheryl. You know, it's amazing to see that all this organic kind of employee engagement and employees really believing and, and pushing. But you know, the reality is, like as far as we've seen outside the walls of Southwest, the world operates in lots of different ways. And I'm curious, from your perspective, you know, when people come in, like, what is the come into Southwest, what is the hiring or onboarding kind of mentality to connect that? Because, you know, not every people coming in will still have certain expectations and certain barriers and maybe some personal blocks to get to this point. I know you said you had amazing training, but like, can you talk a little bit more about that hiring process and that onboarding process? I'm curious. Uh, yes, uh, that's always a question for Southwest. How do you find these wonderful folks that you have in your organization? And uh, uh, certainly it's as hard for us as it is to anyone to bring in those that align with your values. Now, number one, it's you got to be clear on what those are. You know, as an organization, you've got to be really grounded on uh, who you are, what you stand for, and what those behaviors are so that you can clearly communicate to those that are wanting to enter your organization. Now, we're in a good spot because we do have such a very strong brand that we get a lot of folks that would like to join us. That That's a good problem. It's always a, a difficult problem trying to get kind of sift through uh, who those best candidates are. Um, so, you know, first of all, obviously it's um, uh, basic qualifications that we all have to have that's in any organization. But what we are really looking at um, is um, again, back to that heart, how you are, how you treat your, uh, you know, your fellow employees, um, what that looked like in your previous history, um, um, work, overall work history. Um, we've had some stories in our recruitment efforts that are pretty amazing, even in the early years, about witnessing um, how they treated those on the shuttle bus, you know, headed towards the, you know, uh, to the actual interviewing uh, location or the front desk you know, receptionist. Uh, I mean, you start really getting a good idea of how employee or how they potentially will be once they join your organization. Um, we want to make sure too, when our, when new employees join that we're very clear. So 
again, what that mission is and what what the the values are and what those expectations are, it's got to be clear. And we do that in so many ways, and I'm sure it's similar across whether it's it's planted on every wall you have, it's in every bit of your orientation, it's in your performance appraisal. You know, you, you're you're visiting with your leader constantly about what that looks like and feels like, and then ensuring that there is accountability to that. Now, what's great about employees' ownership to this, because we all own the culture, is when we witness it, it's employees holding each other accountable. Because when we know someone's not uh, behaving or displaying, that we know is going to be damaging. And eventually they either work themselves out because they see they're not going to be a good fit. Uh, we, we are a big um, huggy. Now, that's been a little tampered a little bit. <laughs> We're a big hugging. We always, we're funny. It's either big hug, side hug. We, we, we're very much in, in touch, but we also are very thoughtful and respectful of those that aren't. Uh, but that is our way. And we're, we're always laughing. There's um, people that have joined the organization or visitors that'll come into a meeting and they say, we've never heard so much laughing in just a general meeting. Uh, because we just mess with each other. Um, but um, we have we have been running less than 3% turnover uh, for our, uh, especially for our first-year employees, for a number of years. So we work hard to get the right individual in, and then we work hard to keep them. And that first year is hard because they're learning the job. They're trying to get, you know, am I a good fit for here? And they're learning from each other. Um, and they're trying to determine, is this the right fit? And, uh, we've, we've done a, a really great job on, uh, uh, you know, bringing in for the, for the most part, those that are, are ideal. Now, you know, we, we have leaders that have to make hard decisions, uh, when somebody doesn't demonstrate that. And if you join an organization that is about hard work, which is what we call a warrior spirit, you got to show up to work <laughs> and you got to work hard. Cause if we all work hard, we're all going to share a bigger piece of that profit sharing at the end, right? <laughs> and then if we all have a servant's heart, we're going to create a wonderful environment that everybody enjoys working in. Who wants to not enjoy working with your employees? I mean, what a beating to come in every day and not have fun or enjoy the people that you work with. And then uh, understand that it is about uh, doing it right and keeping that cost low. So we want to make sure that everybody understands that we're, we're all going to be in it if we're all thinking smartly along the way. That's awesome. Some, something I was uh, something I was reading was an interview with Herb Kelleher um, from back in the day, and there are questions asked about his you know recruitment approach. If we if Southwest Airlines looks for people who come with those attributes or behaviors, yes. specifically yes. the behaviors of serving, uh, but something he said in the interview really got me to think uh, very deeply about this was that while not everybody may have had an opportunity to have the behaviors of serving each other or you know have that nature of serving, uh, it may have been because they were working for organizations that forced them to shape behaviors that were not that of serving. Right. So I, I almost felt like his answer to that question made it appear that while you aspire to look for people who want to serve naturally, but Southwest Airlines is also very open to recruiting people who may have not had the opportunity to experience yes. those behaviors or yes. embody those behaviors. And hopefully Southwest Airlines then helps, uh, you know, uh, bring out those behaviors of serving each other. And I thought that was very powerful because, I mean, I mean, I, I haven't, I've never thought about it that way. I don't know if you had anything yeah. to Talk about that perspective. You know, I remember a quote of his, and it's along these lines, and I don't think I'll get it exactly, but it was something about is if you're if you're doing what you love, right, then you're going to make the biggest difference. So, and it's something along those lines. So, if you allow somebody to be doing something that they just they're they're bringing out their their talents and their strengths, and they love it then you're going to obviously get the best of them, right? You're going to get the best of that person. And it goes back to your whole person. We get to know our employees uh, on a personal level. And some organizations 
they think there's a very cut line in that in that HR world. And we really get to know our employees because how am I going to understand if I don't know what's what's hurting you? So if something's going on at, at, at home, um, maybe there's a loss or a struggle or an illness, um, and I need to know how to better serve you and meet your needs if I get to know you. Uh, and and we are so wonderfully guilty of doing probably over and above sometimes what we need for our employees. Anything they bring forward to us, we make sure we help them, whether it's a simple little flower arrangement and card that goes home. Maybe it's a meal, you know, uh, uh, maybe it's a, it's a, a small gesture of a gift uh, that provides comfort. Um, I remember my dad being in the hospital and uh, a Southwest Airlines blanket showed up. Wow. That was my favorite dad's blanket throughout his illness. He had Parkinson's and he wouldn't go anywhere without the blue Southwest branded blanket because he knew where it came from and he knew what it stood for. There are millions of those stories where employees were just comforted. And then the celebration part, uh, whether it's a, a birth of a child, a graduation, we just get to know our employees really well. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say it's a downside, but the challenge to it is when you get to know your employees really well, those hard conversations can, can be a little difficult because you care so much for them. But because you care so much for them, you want to make sure that we do it right and that we are performing at the level that we need. And if there's anything I need to address with you, at least there's a relationship and we can talk through it human to human. Amazing. Amazing. Um, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I, I just, I just never felt more aligned to a conversation in my life. Everything you're saying is like ringing the most resonant bell in my heart. I already Sorry, know if, if 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 I if I if I retire from software, I'm going to go work for software. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> so I have a, one more question. There's, um, you know, you have a, a culture pillars or something around living the Southwest way that right. you want your employees to embody. Could you elaborate on that for us, the Southwest yes, yes. way? <laughs> you know. Um... Before we had the terms mission and um, uh, the, the values, terms that have evolved over the decades in organizations, we had a really basic um, foundation of what we called the golden rule. All right. Mm -hmm. And you probably know the golden rule. It still exists at Southwest today, but it was a very, very foundational start to what we wanted from our employees. And that was, you know, treating others as you would want to be treated. And that was internally and externally. Now, as we evolved and uh, Southwest wanted to formalize that more, and it was, it was now almost 20 plus years ago um, that we started looking at, well, what, what does that mean? What, how clear, we need to be clearer than just that one statement of, of following the golden rule. And so we, it started with our executives coming together and really trying to, well, who are we? What do we stand for? What are our values? And we came up with, you need to live the Southwest way. And we also later added, added work the Southwest way. Mm -hmm. And so living the Southwest way is a lot of things we've even kind of talked about uh, throughout this session and it was living the Southwest way is, is caring and loving for each other. And that's what we continue to still point to the servant's heart. Um, the, the, that hard work and, and being there, that reliability that we need is, is what we we've instilled in our employees called the warrior spirit. That's living the Southwest way. Um, and then not taking ourselves too seriously, seriously, that fun, loving attitude and our customers love that when we live that Southwest way, when you fly through on a Halloween holiday, you want to have fun with it. Uh, Valentine's day. We love uh, giving our employees an opportunity to show uh, that fun side uh, when, when our customers um, are, are coming through. Uh, but we did add a one more element 
uh, Muhammad. And I think as you evolve, you want to make sure you have the right words because sometimes words change a little bit and what they stand for, what they mean, not the heart of what it is. Uh, but we began to also add to make sure uh, a kind of a me, a we, and what Southwest, kind of that commitment of what am I committed to do? You know, I'm not going to show up and be a jerk and I'm going to, I'm going to show up and work hard. And then we have uh, characteristics around we, we're going to work good as a team and we're going to respect each other in the way we approach things and include each other. And then Southwest commitment um, on providing a, a stable work environment uh, an unbelievable um, opportunity to have some of the world-class benefits. You know, we're able to ha- send our children to college and I was able to retire. <laughs> uh, all, that's all, that's all the, all under the umbrella of living the Southwest way. Awesome. I also, I, I would like to ask, how has it impacted you personally living the Southwest way uh, for the last 40 years outside of work? Can you give examples of how it's influenced you and your day-to-day and interactions and how much of an impact it's made for you? Oh, you know, I've never had that question. Thank you. You know, I was uh, only 19 when I entered this organization, and I remember early on um, uh, getting opportunities to do some amazing things. Um, We were... I was put on what we called our social committee then. It is evolved in what we call our culture committees. And these committees got to look at your, your workforce. So we, I was in a reservation center and my role was to create fundraisers and those monies went back to some of our employees when they had some challenging times. We put together our fun holiday and picnics uh, we did some random acts of kindness in the, the center. And uh, I immediately fell in love, Mohammed, through those type of activities. That's what drew me in, uh, mm-hmm. was the doing for others. And I thought, wow, I can enjoy being at work because we're doing some phenomenal things. So I do think, and I'm not just saying this, uh, it uh, has made me a better person. Also, working with great people makes you a better person. Uh, I am inspired. We give out these winning spirit awards, Muhammad. These employees do amazing things. I don't even feel worthy when I see these things that they've done for customers and each other. And we reward them by saying thank you and highlighting these tremendous stories. And you can't help but just feel like, oh, I need to do better. I can do better. I can volunteer more. I can give more. I can be nicer. I can be kinder. Um, I can think of others more. It has made me a better person, Muhammad, without a doubt. Awesome. No, I, I, I can only imagine because, you know, we are who we are from our interactions and our environment and it shapes our behaviors as well. And if there's such a loving culture of serving others, I can only imagine how much of an impact it's made to the community and uh, beyond just the, just your organization, uh, how much goodwill it's probably brought outside of the, you know, the airports and the aircrafts and your headquarters. And so, yeah, that's why I was, I, I can see that um, if, if there are more organizations believing in this type of culture where they put the people at the center and the humanity, I can only see it having macro macro effects beyond just the walls of those organizations. Oh, and Mohammed, when you wear a Southwest Airlines branded item, a -hmm. shirt, a cap, it doesn't matter. It triggers the most amazing stories by our customers. I can't, I I mean, we all talk about it. You're so proud to wear it because you know somebody's going to come up and share something. Something that they were so, and it's usually not even about themselves. They might have witnessed it. Uh, I mean, it's very rare that you have somebody that comes to you with a complaint. It's, I would say, 95% is a wonderful story they want to share with you and tell you what a great place. So that just makes you feel so good. That's why we're celebrating 50 50 years this year. and We're coming out with all this wonderful new gear. People just love to show off that they are a Southwest Airlines employee. There's just such great pride in that. Awesome. Awesome. 
and I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this last portion of this because I, you know, I really I I you know I'm really uh, passionate about love as a business strategy. Hence the podcast and our book, and you know, since uh you know our journey of operating, uh, you know, through love as a business strategy was obviously inspired by Southwest Airlines. There's something that Gary Kelly said that I think every business owner out there should listen to. And um, I, I'd love for you to comment on it. Number one was, you know, he said, no company can survive long, much less be great without great people and strong culture. And so with that, I wanted to ask you, do you believe that Southwest Airlines in this competitive airline industry do you believe that their competitive advantage today is clearly their culture? Oh, with, without a doubt, Mohammed, without a doubt. And uh, Southwest was so fortunate to have two unbelievable leaders, you know, at the helm. You've got Herb Kelleher, Gary mm -hmm. Kelly, who embody what that our heart means. And it has to start there. It has to start there. If there's not belief there that that is our competitive <laughs> advantage, it's not going to happen. And not just believe it, but demonstrate it over and over again. Uh, they are the most um, transparent, good-hearted, uh, level five leaders. I think that was in a, a Jim Collins book where they know what they're going to give on themselves. And it's more important that the the company uh, survives and the people survives above what their egos can be. Um, but yes, it is. Uh, our culture has been, and the culture is our people. Awesome. Well, Mohammed, thank you for squeezing every last drop you could. He sees the timer and he's, he's just trying to milk it. So good job. <laughs> thank you. But, but Cheryl, we could talk all day. Um, I, I've, I've truly, truly been just smiling ear to ear this whole time, just hearing all these things. And I want to close just, just connecting the dots. I mean, I said it in the beginning, uh, Southwest Airlines literally has been a, something we, some, a, an organization we look up to um, and something we modeled a lot of our, our beliefs after. But, you know, at, at Softway, our current mission and our mission we've set out to do is to bring humanity back to the workplace. And hearing you talk today has been just inspiring because I'm not only thinking about how this can work and seeing it, you know, proof in front of me, all the things you're saying that make it possible, but I'm thinking about, you know, what drives me personally is I'm thinking about all these employees you have that now go home from work with, you know, you know, lighthearted and spend time with their kids. They don't have the pressure of, you know, stressful work and, a, 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 you know, pain in the butt boss and these types of things that, I mean, that's just what's become synonymous with work for many yeah. people in the world. That's just yeah. work. When you say work, they're like, oh, Mondays. And they're like, they wake up in the morning and they just don't want to get up because it's work, it's work. And we truly believe that we could, by bringing humanity back to the workplace, we're, you're saving lives. You're actually affecting people's livelihoods because work is so much of our day. It's so much yes. of our lives that yes. if, you, if you suffer through work, you bring it home to your kids, you bring up the stress home. It gives you heart disease. It gives you all kinds of problems. Like there's so much connected to it. So we're very, very passionate about it. And to see it at scale through Southwest and hearing you talk about it and, and, and just further kind of gives us, it invigorates me. I know it's really driven Muhammad to hear you. So really, really, really thank you for taking the time today to share with us and, and let us pick your brain on all these things because hearing it out of your mouth has been just, I'm, I'm energized. I'm like reinvigorated to go back out there, fight this fight. And it's been amazing. Thank you so much oh, for joining. You're so welcome, Jeff. And you know, you did say ultimately you provide a healthier, you know, healthy as in our minds and our bodies. And that's why we know if we could share whatever we could share with any organization, we're all going to be better as a result of it because we will be physically and mentally and spiritually happier. And mm -hmm. isn't that what we all need and want? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's, I just, 
I can't speak enough for for the appreciation I have right now and just the this has been very, very, very awesome having you on this show right now. So thank you once again, Mohammed. Um, I know you you've been waiting for this a long time. So I'm glad I hope you got everything you wanted out of that. Uh, yes. for, for our audience, we hope you enjoyed listening as well. And and as always, thank you to our, our listeners. And um, if you enjoyed this conversation, want to join the conversation, please do check out um, our, our website for our, our book and our podcast, loveisabusinessstrategy.com. And you can find us at software.com slash labs, L-A-A-B-S. And at Love is a Business Strategy, we want to hear from you. We're posting every Wednesday new episodes. And we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Cheryl. And Cheryl, thank you again. We hope to talk to you again soon. Uh, catch you guys later. Bye.